guys, how are you doing? I hope you're having a good week so far. Welcome to my podcast, Surrender and Manifest. I'm Dr. Sammy. I'm a medical doctor. Several years ago, I became obsessed with inner work, understanding how the mind works and why is it that we often feel held back by habits or patterns of thinking that we feel powerless to break. And through this exploration, I have created this podcast. Each week, I bring to you an inspiring personal message and I will share with you actionable steps that you can take to help unlock your inner potential and bring about success in your life and really enjoy the process as well, because I think sometimes we tend to forget that. Welcome to the Surrender and Manifest podcast. So excited to dive in with you. I'm super excited about today's episode. I've got Dr. Vahid on the show here today. And Dr. Vahid is a medical doctor in the NHS and he was my former study partner and a very amazing and a very humble person. Today we speak about the struggles that trainee doctors face during their training and how we both overcame them. So make sure that you give it a listen if you're somebody who's sitting their exams imminently as it was full of tips and it will really, really help you. There's a Buddhist proverb that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. The question is, how willing and how ready are you to really pay attention and listen to that help from when it appears? Without further ado, please welcome Dr. Wahid. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Wahid. So I'm going to hand it over to you, uh, Wahid. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself. What do you do and what are you known for? Professionally, uh, I'm a, a medical doctor in the NHS, uh, to be specific, a general practitioner. And uh, personally, uh, I'm just one of uh, your common, easygoing uh, family person you see every day. I have uh, a wife and two kids. So uh, as you can understand, uh, the life is more centered around them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, all the activities I like to do, uh, it's all you know, now, nowadays centered on what they like to do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, between them, I do kind of, you know, I love to stick to um, some of my hobbies uh, from my childhood as well. Yeah. Um, uh, some of them include uh, hooking and uh, singing. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to get my uh, children into uh, some of my hobbies as, as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's basically kind of, you know, spending time with them, uh, doing all the common things like... Uh, uh, you know, watching uh, sports, movies, uh, going on holidays with families and uh, uh, spending some good time with them, basically. So, yeah, that's uh, that's basically uh, who I am. Yeah, sounds very good. Um, so tell us a little bit about when you began your journey. How did you get to from where you are? So I know it must have been a long journey from being a doctor and then a chess. How did you start? It all started, I would say, from childhood. Uh, yeah. This dream uh, to become a doctor uh, started when I saw my mother, who uh, is also a doctor. And uh, wow. uh, you do get uh, influenced uh, by, you know, your surroundings and your family. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, and uh, I think that's where the journey started. Um, I always felt inspired by, uh, you know, my mom. And uh, when I saw her, the respect she got and... Uh, all this uh, really, uh, you know, well-wishers and how she was uh, kind of looked upon in the society uh, all played a very positive, uh, you know, impact on me. And uh, that was kind of start of the journey, I would say. Mm -hmm. And 
obviously there's at some point uh, you are given a platform which we are all grateful uh, to uh, to our parents and all our well wishes but at the other part you do have to kind of uh, have your own vision and that's where i did to kind of you know decide that okay i needed to kind of uh, uh explore uh, uh you know my career uh, in a different land and uh get uh, you know advance my career as well and that's where i started to kind of think of uh leaving the country and uh being part of this wonderful organization we know the nhs is uh, worldwide yeah. uh, so that that was the other part of the journey uh, where i did come for some higher studies uh mm-hmm. to do uh, uh, master's in cardiology, and uh, then uh, I did kind of change my uh, career path uh, to become a general practitioner by doing yeah. the licensing exams and uh, doing the specialist training. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's uh, where I am now. Sounds incredible. So a doctor in cardiology, hey, and then going from that to yeah. general practice. Um how did you feel that you felt from like transitioning to being a cardiology doctor to being a GP? Uh, I think um, the transition was uh, more led due to family reasons, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think of pursuing, advancing uh, my career in cardiology, but uh, uh, specialist training in this country, you have to uh, change to different uh, locations. And uh, my wife started the GP training earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to stay together, which wasn't the case. Uh, yeah. We were apart uh, for actually years. And then we thought, that, you know, what would be one of the best ways to kind of, you know, also maintain a good family life. And yeah. I think that was one of the main reasons uh, where uh, I, I felt that maybe, you know, general practitioner is uh, a field, ex, you know, worth exploring. Yeah. And uh, that's when you know I start the thought of also joining her uh, in the same profession, and uh, that was basically it. But looking back, um, I, I I think things turn out to be you know for what you know it it is, and yeah. uh, I, I just have no regrets at all. And uh, somehow I feel that this this was what I was meant to do. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, this is the best field to be in general practice. No I doubt. Agree. I agree with you. And uh, I do enjoy this profession every day. And uh, I have a neighbor who is a cardiologist and uh, the, the the hectic routine he is doing and mm. uh, the next uh, 20, 30 years when he'll be 55, 60, he'll mm. also, ha- you know, he will have to continue doing it. And uh, now I just uh, see myself and think that could I do that? And uh, I think the answer is no. Yeah. So, so uh, in in all honesty, I think I'm in the right profession. This was where I was meant to be, Perfect. and uh, I also am able to use the uh, knowledge and the skills I got uh, from my cardiology experience, and I feel that's uh, turning out to be quite useful as well. Amazing. Sounds good. And um, so I think what started the flexibility initially later converted into your main full-time profession, which is amazing. So although you left cardiology, cardiology doesn't leave you because you've got a neighbor who's a cardiologist. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, for those of you who do not know, um, Wahid and I, we met through one of my study groups that I'd created. So this was back when I was a doctor in training and I had 
I felt like I had no support and hence I decided to make my own group. And through that group, I actually met Wahid. Um, it's, it, it is a bit of a funny, interesting story. And it was a chance encounter because one of the girls who was in the group who had passed the exam, um, she mentioned to me that we might be a good fit. And that is what when we got in touch with each other. And uh, I don't know whether you do you remember, Wahid, when we started speaking and I said yeah. to you that if you're not serious, I will go <laughs> elsewhere to study. <laughs> Yeah. No, and so before, be, before coming on to that, uh, that that was a very interesting part. Uh, but yeah. uh, how uh, I ended up becoming, uh, uh, you know, Sami's partner was mm. uh, I, I was, you know, thinking of uh, you know having a study partner because the other uh, things in the past was not working very well. And um, when I, from what I recall, so when I was, uh, I didn't exactly know that uh, the admin of the group uh, is, uh, you know, also looking for a study partner. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I just thought this was just a, another person in the group uh, mm. who's wanting. And uh, I did find that okay, this person seems to be quite, uh, you know, focused and quite serious. It's just not, you know, why don't we just try this? This this person is quite serious about this. Mm. So at that point, I felt that I think this probably is the right person to kind of tag along with. Yeah. Um, and uh, then uh, later on, I think I, I felt that I was going through a few uh, pre kind of uh, small tests that am I good enough to be uh, his <laughs> partner in the first place? Uh, I think I passed those tests for, uh, somehow. Yeah. And then later on, I got to know that, OK, oh, she is the admin of the group. So yeah. uh, I felt that, OK, uh, this person does know. Uh, what she's going into and uh, what she's expecting so that it would be a good start and then there's you know quite quite a few things which happened when we started studying which we, we will kind of you know come later on in the yeah year. yeah so, yeah I know um it was it is quite a funny story and um I was like in preparation for this episode today I was like recollecting like all of the memories and recalling everything from that time and although it was it is a it is quite a funny story when I said to you that okay let me know if you're serious or not because um although you're like oh she's she's so serious about studying but I think it was because I was on a mission to pass my exams and I felt that you had a bit of wobbly energy around it and you were like oh you know um shall I you were contemplating whether you should sit the exam or not at the next sitting. And I had already decided. So hence, I did not want to kind of spend time with the person who wasn't ready. And that's where it came from. And I think um, even though it was funny and we can joke about it now, but I think that might have jolted you to get up and book the exam. And um, so what do you think? Do you think that's what happened or? Yeah, yeah I do agree. I, I was kind of in uh, uh, two different kind of mindsets that, okay, what, what should be the right time and, uh, um, you know, what, what should I be kind of doing at this point? And yeah. uh, I think uh, that, uh, you know, meeting and uh, that start of that uh, journey as, as a study partner with yourself, that did kind of give me the direction I was kind of, uh, kind of, I was having difficulty deciding on. So yeah. that that definitely made, uh, a, you know, a really positive start for me, I would say. Yeah, okay. So I think we met each other at the right time. And uh, that seems like it. <laughs> right. Okay. So now, just going back to the study partner a bit, why do you think it is important to have a study partner, especially when you're 
sitting exams like, you know, high stakes, Royal College medicine, medicine exams. And how do you think it helped you in your preparation? Yeah, um, basically, I think everyone has a different style of studying. Uh, like uh, I, I saw my wife was preparing for the same exam and she uh, some people are able to focus in a different way and uh, they they can motivate themselves, you know, under any difficult circumstance. Uh, I felt that in my case, and I was also recommended by people who actually benefited from it. So I felt that why not? And in previous other exams, I did have study partners. Uh, this was one of the exams where I was struggling to find someone. So this uh, Sami's group definitely kind of gave me that platform and yeah. other trainees in the similar situation. And uh from my basically it was from my past experience i had other study partners and other professional exams and it benefited me a lot and right. i felt that uh, after uh, a few failures in this exam before i felt that i needed a different approach and something different which would help me give me a different perspective and uh, get a bit of additional kind of support as well yeah. and uh, that's that's where it basically kind of I felt that uh, this would be a good way forward, and obviously we did bring on success. It played played a big part in the success of the exam, so uh, I feel mm. that it definitely very helpful. Brilliant, and um, yeah, I think I completely agree with you with all what you've said because from a motivation point of view, and from obviously kind of um, that you know, that the teammate feeling as well. You kind of need to have somebody exactly. on your team to ensure that somebody's motivating you when you have had like low periods, which obviously we'll talk about a bit later. But one thing which I did want to mention to anybody who is sitting the exam is that whenever you choose a study partner, make sure that the partner who you choose is at the same level or above is even better with their preparation, just because otherwise it is, a waste of time if you if somebody is like really behind in their preparation so they're probably well suited with a person who is at their level so it is one of the most important things because just before trying it out with you I actually spoke to quite a few people and we weren't at the same level we didn't have that same chemistry and uh, even that understanding or we were not at the same level in the curriculum as well so that's yeah. very important and also the second thing is that keep a small group so don't try to include more than two people in your preparation because you know how they say too many cooks spoil the broth so yeah. you want to make sure that it's, it's a small group just so that you can remain focused otherwise it just one person's like shooting off a different idea another person's got a different schedule so you want to be mindful of that uh, as well yeah, yeah, I would agree with uh, with you on that. And uh, sometimes uh, having a third person in the group uh, in some situations can be helpful because sometimes uh, if uh, there is any sort of you need a, a third perspective or when there are yeah. two people who are discussing something and we're not sure, then probably the third person can step in yeah. and give a different perspective. But I do agree. Uh, yeah. If it's too many people, then it, there's too many opinions and yeah. uh, you can't make everyone happy and it becomes very complicated. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's so true. And, um, you know, when we, so when we were studying together, we were setting targets and when we, we were, um, for example, giving each other uh, some questions and targets and topics to cover. So do you think that setting targets help with the preparation with your study partner at all? Yeah, definitely. Uh, because uh, when you have a vast uh curriculum and you have you don't have unlimited time you need a uh, a system where uh, you can you know get all the important aspects covered uh, before yeah. the exam and if you don't have a target then you you don't have a, an endpoint or uh, a a a place where you have to kind of uh, reach within that allocated time and hmm. a target gives you a focus as well uh, that okay this is what i need to do to reach a target so yeah. definitely and we we had to set several targets along the yeah. way for, for this huge curriculum so that that was vital and that that's actually part of that system we both you know we developed uh, after discussion in the initial yeah. stage that how did we want to do this and one of the key uh, things uh, which Sami mentioned was that you know, we had to set ourselves target targets to uh, meet those targets and and uh, look back and work hard if we didn't do so yeah, um, I think it is, uh, I agree with you completely. It is very important to set targets because I remember when we were reporting back to each other at the end of the day and some, some days I had not covered those specific topics which um, we had decided and I was not that motivated. So you were kind of stepping in at that time and saying, you know, no, maybe you need to do these things together, like as, a, like as in how to do two things instead of one at the next meeting. So it is very important to set targets because of that reason um for sure and i don't know whether you remember or not but there was um quite a lot of games that our ego basically played with us like mm. um so and you know that mental chatter that happens in your mind before uh you sit for exam like you know you'll get all these Things like, for example, I remember I used to say to you, oh, my mind does not work past 8 p.m. And mm. that was the time when we actually started <laughs> studying. And then you were saying something like, oh, no, Sami, I haven't covered this topic. I need a bit more time. And yeah. then when we actually started studying, I remember you always used to challenge me and then we were asking each other questions and then we knew all the right answers. So it is quite interesting how whenever you sit down to do preparation for an exam and then you'll have your ego playing all these games with you and that mental voice saying, no, you can't do it. No, let's exactly. be lazy. Let's just yeah. forget about it. Let's just, you know, I'm a bit slow. I can't do it. What do, what do you think? Did, that, yeah, did it feel the same I, thing for you? I also, I also felt the same uh, because uh, um, it's, it's, uh, we have to be honest with you, uh, you know, uh, in this uh, preparation for exams, exams in general are never a fun thing to do, and <laughs> it's it's a professional need. And some of the professional exams are very challenging. And uh, the thing is, the biggest challenge is to keep this focus day in day out for yeah. you know quite a substantial uh, period of time. And uh, there are days you have good days and bad days, but the preparation doesn't wait for that, and it it it. It's, you know, uh, you have to keep on going despite your ups and downs in, in your professional or family life or whatever. And also yeah. you don't feel, you don't feel, uh, you know, health wise or mentally, you don't feel uh, focused every day. And this is where I think 
you know, this uh, study partner plays a big role where you, when you have a positive day and your partner doesn't or vice versa, you can kind of bring your positive energy to, to the table on the opposite end and, uh, you know, try to motivate the other person. Okay, come on, another half an hour. I know you're not having a good day, but let's, let's push yourself a bit more and get a little bit done. And when I was at the other end, when, when I got things like that from some, and I felt that, okay, yeah, I did push myself a bit more. And now uh, I feel better that I have done actually a bit more work than I even expected you yeah. know, to do. But, you know, having said that, uh, I, I think if you recall, there are days that, you know, really, it, you know, you don't yeah. like you need a break. And we did decide that, okay, probably we do need a break. So that's that's part of exam preparation as well. Yeah, and that I think that's uh, why it is so important to make sure that when you're speaking to a study partner, like in the beginning of the process of actually selecting a study partner, just making sure they're on the same page and they, uh, you know, they understand um, what circumstances you have going through as well. Because I think we did speak a bit in the beginning and although it wasn't very personal but I kind of understood that you know you've you got a family and you know I have got some family commitments so we kind of came together and so yeah make sure you actually take time to get to know the person who you're going to be studying with for the next few months really um okay so um I wonder what you think about you know the practice so we're training at so or we're so when we're trainees and if you're at a hospital placement and the kind of support that we receive do you think that plays a role in our performance at all in these exams i think in this particular type of exam um it plays a quite a big role yeah and um, I have seen differences uh, both within my household and other friends where uh, the same uh, person who has excellent support from the practice and uh, is well understood and well supported and well listened to. And they, they definitely, they're in a very good place mentally uh, to prepare for this exam. And mm. if, on the other hand, if you are you know, facing quite a few difficulties and uh, you're unhappy and things at work are troubling you, that definitely has some sort of an impact on your exam preparation. So uh, the support from the practice, uh, especially there are two parts of our exam uh, where there's a, a part, the second part where you need active support from your trainer. Uh, so definitely it's, it, I think it's vital in, in our particular field that uh, you know your workplace is supportive. Yeah, um, that's so true. And I remember that time when it was actually a week before my exam and I messaged you that I was feeling really deflated and demoralized due to something that my trainer had said and you yeah. helped me. And um, although I still used to reply back to them and I remember you used to be like, no, just keep your head down. So I did keep my head down and I, I kept on facing these things most of the time, but um Actually, at the end of my training, things did work out for me in the sense that one of my trainers, he did identify and he admitted that, uh, you know, it it was like quite a difficult time for me and maybe they could have handled things better. So I do agree with you and I think I wish they'd make it a bit more easy and more people would speak up. But I think what the general trend is that, 
trainees would just keep on keeping the head down and keep on taking mm-hmm. all the shit that comes from yeah. different people at the the practice or the hospital placements. It's definitely something that needs to be addressed, you see. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you. Uh, this this is uh, quite a uh, you know, big elephant in the room, I would say, that uh, mm. all trainees are aware of these difficulties, but it's quite difficult. There isn't... There are some ways to kind of feed this bag, but generally it's quite a difficult situation where uh, your uh, success in in training depends so much on your trainer Mm. that uh, it's very difficult to kind of, uh, you know, flag any uh, difficulties which directly get addressed back to the trainer. And, you know, who is the part of the problem is getting the feedback. So... That that makes it quite difficult, and to go beyond them, that's quite a big ordeal, which I had some experience with, mm-hmm. and it's not easy. So I feel that there needs to be some sort of an independent kind of way, uh, mm-hmm. non GPs on this uh, uh, review board, where they would kind of take this feedback and then feed this back to our royal college, and yeah. you know get some uh, you know help out there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you're so right about that. And, um, you know, when you and I remember that you used to say to me and because you used to feel quite strongly about being the voice for trainees and obviously wanted to talk about trainee exploitation as well. Did you pursue that any further or not? So, yeah, I did. I did look at options that, you know, how I could do this. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I I found that, you know, it is quite a difficult uh, kind of uh, thing to directly uh, kind of report mm. uh, but the thing which I realized is first I need to kind of cement my place in this profession and you mm. know gain some experience and reach reach a position where I, I will be kind of hard and I will be able to make a difference yeah. but I did kind of start making some small changes uh, within my workplace and uh, where where it's filled with lots of trainees and I did uh, find out what are the you know, difficulties they commonly face and could be kind of facing in what areas they could be exploited in. Mm. And I did monitor them. I did, you know, get some, um, you know, help out to them by directing them to the right places. And in one of the cases, I want to give just a quick example. It did make quite a big difference. Mm. Uh, So there was a a level of trainee who, who were working at our practice and they didn't have a good uh, experience with a particular type of uh, work where they had to stay longer hours and uh, which was not expected from them. Mm. And I did already know about this and I did a bit of research and I did manage to speak to their kind of trainer who deals with this problem. And uh, I asked them that how could this trainee report this problem? And they gave me some advice on that. And I did feedback to the trainee who was facing quite a difficult time. So he he has fed this back to uh, his his trainers. Mm -hmm. And uh, from now on, the future trainees who are coming in, they don't have to go through this difficult uh, shift of work. Mm -hmm. And uh, looking back at it, when I asked them, they said that there was this trainee from this practice who did report. And it sounds like this was the person I did try to kind of give some guidance to. So I yeah. think you know, indirectly it has made some difference. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping to kind of make bigger changes when I get the opportunity. It is so wonderful that you're supporting trainees this way. I love that. Um, yeah, I think 
for me, it was quite difficult um, as well as I went to quite a few places for support, which I mentioned earlier, and I couldn't really find any support. And that's what made me create my own group because wherever I was going, there was like lots of course facilitators, but they were not really understanding the problems of trainees mm. on a deeper level. Mm. And um, it's amazing because through the groups, I we had so many relationships and um, so many people passed in the group and it warms my heart when they come to me with testimonials and feedback and um, and it blows my mind with how I just started something purely because I wanted to support myself and then got turned into this huge thing. So um, it is always, I think, supporting somebody, like supporting somebody um like with the, if you have the intention of supporting somebody, you kind of get supported yourself. And that's something which I've felt in my, my life. And at that time, I wanted to give back. So I have always wanted to give back. And um, I encourage people in my life, even the people in the group to do so in whatever way possible. So like like you supporting other trainees. And, and I had a lot of pushback from people because no. um, people were like, oh, you know, you're just doing this to make money and that's what you want to do. And it makes me laugh. But what people don't understand is that it is really, really hard to look away when you have been in that dark place like we were at that time with you know, no light at the end of the tunnel. And so it was really hard for me to look away. And that's why I've continued to give and I intend to keep on doing so through this podcast, uh, you see. So, um, so yeah, so thank you as well for supporting trainees in, in, in a completely different way. But, you know, this is the whole point of it, isn't it? Giving back. Definitely, definitely. And I think the, the groups which you kind of established, they do make a big difference. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've seen the testimonials because when people do feel lost that, you know, where do I, you know, go for some advice and mm. who do I ask these questions to? And uh, this is kind of an impartial group where people would come forward, share their experiences. And we often did find many people going through much more difficult situations than ourselves. And when yeah. they gave us their positive experience like how they overcame them uh that that really kind of gave more inspiration to others and uh, it was an it was an excellent platform and it still is and i mm. do advise everyone to kind of uh you know try to kind of join this group yeah um i remember you've just mentioned that uh, obviously people went through difficult times and i remember that your mom was quite poorly mm. uh when we were studying and and you were quite worried because she had complex health issues going on and yes what I do remember is that there was so much helplessness that you had and mm. uh, because of not being able to help her out and the exam booked up and everything. How yeah. did you manage to stay resilient through all of this? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a big challenge. And uh, I the I think the family support I received was immense at this point, especially my wife and my elder brother. Yeah. who lives there as well. And uh, when I discussed this with them, and I was also having a think myself, obviously it was a constant uh, kind of, I felt a pullback. It did affect my performance in some of the you know attempts before. Uh, because when you're in the middle of such a big exam, and if you get distress calls almost every other day, it does kind of, you know, get your mind really distracted. So uh, I did... Uh, use some time to get some measures in place and I did decide that okay I need to really focus hard and get get this out of the way so that I can actually you know dedicate more time uh, 
uh, yeah. to, to to this uh, cause and uh, basically kind of get things done better. So I did need this exam out of the way. So that was my kind of motto at that point to, uh, you know, keep as, uh, you know, strong and resilient and, you know, focus more so that mm-hmm. I can do things better once uh, the exams are out of the way. So that was my driving force, basically. Yeah. And uh, I think my, um, I remember that my dad got admitted uh, with COVID in the hospital yes. just around the same time as well. And I was so upset and you mm. really supported me during that time because um, there was, because of our parents going through issues, it was like kind of common ground for us, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think we were agreeing that let's do this for our parents. Let's, you know, get this done and so that we can, you know, focus on them as yeah. well. I remember that you used to distract me and this is something because like you assume that um, funny person uh, role at that time. So what do you used to do? I, I, I remember that day when I told you, oh, my dad is in the hospital and I was quite upset. And you asked me a couple of other questions. And then suddenly I noticed that you started asking me all these questions about medicine and exam. And I'm like, and I started shooting off the answers. And then mm-hmm. you said to me, you complimented me in the end and you said that, look, you're so stressed, but your mind seems to be working completely fine. And I, like, looking back, I think that in hindsight, I had decided probably that I wanted to ace the exam, but then just probably needed a little bit of nudge in that direction, which, you know, um, luckily I had in in the terms of, like, the study partner like you. So um, it's interesting how you used to do that distracting game with me. Definitely, definitely. And I think uh, one thing I think which you initially kind of uh, brought up, uh, I think one of the days, because you have good days and bad days, and I think there was, again, at the beginning of the few sessions where I think I was starting to kind of lose a bit focus too much Mm. and some point i remember uh, you putting your foot down and say that you know uh, do you, do you want to continue studying or you know should i just look elsewhere and uh, <laughs> and i think that was a wake up call for me that you know i think you know this is a very good study partner and i need to uh, kind of also be a bit more oh focused oh my god and, uh, i sound horrible <laughs> yeah. no it was i think that was needed i needed that that extra nudge as well at that point that okay come on you know i need to focus this is i am really falling back and that shouldn't be the case or yeah. else it, it would result in failure again so i think yeah. you know, that that brought you know allowed me to refocus again hmm. and i started to kind of be on the right track and uh, you know i think you know this is this is why it does really help yeah. And do you remember that uh, that girl in the group who, uh, whose mom had died a couple of weeks prior to her exam? Yes. yes. And uh, I remember that you always used to like give me her example and I used to give her example mm-hmm. because uh, I think it was just a couple of weeks prior to the exam that her mom had died and she still sat the exam, was crying on the day of the exam. And yeah. she then wrote a testimonial in the group that she'd passed. And actually it was a supportive thing for other trainees as well that, you know, there's no excuses. So guys, you cannot really yeah. give any excuses if people in such no. circumstances can go and sit, then what excuse have you got, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I think I remember another trainee in the group as well who mentioned that uh, she, her her husband was very unwell, her child right. was unwell, running to hospital several times, and it was her uh, last additional attempt in both exams. And with small children and with an unwell family member, 
in one month, she managed to pass both the exams working very hard. And wow. that, was, that was so inspirational. And I felt that, okay, by far, we are not near, you know, that level of kind of difficulty at what you know, she's facing. Mm. And don't have any excuse. If she could do it in this circumstance, then, you know, we have more opportunities, more support. Why, why should we complain? So, you know, those uh, stories of those trains really was inspirational. And uh, I, I do give this example to other trains that, okay, you know, it's a bit of a difficult state, but this is, you know, these are success stories that people have managed. So it, nothing is impossible. Yeah. Um, so just going back to like mindset side of things for the exams and um, why is staying in a positive mindset important in order to ace uh, this exam or any other exam, do you think? I think uh, it's it's not only vital, I think it's absolutely the, the only and the most important uh, aspect one has to have. Yeah. Because I think you are sometimes against, uh, you know, the tide and it's, it's, it's a, you know, steep uh, hill to climb. And yeah. uh, your, your biggest strength and your, uh, you know, your, your driving force has to be your positive mindset. Yeah. If at the, you know, onset, if you are having too much doubts that, you know, mm. should I, could I do it or you know, can I ever achieve this? That's that's already you're taking a step backwards. Yeah. So even if you are, you know, not there, but if you have that belief that, you know, I can do this and, you know, I have to do this. Other people have done it. Why can't I? That having that positive uh, outlook, that I think that is the biggest uh, kind of, you know, asset you're going to have to yeah. cross these difficult uh, barriers. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. I love that. Um, yeah, you're so right about mindset being the key because um, I remember there was a time when I felt my preparation wasn't good enough. And again, you went into problem solving mode and you were asking me questions and then um, I was able to answer them. But it was because I was in, I had kind of toggled to mm-hmm. a negative mindset place. And um, there was this other time where I was telling you, and this is something which which I remember as like where you put your foot down. So you remember me as being this like person who's like, no, you know, I'm going to go elsewhere. But I remember when once I said to you that, oh, you know, I'm having these many family issues and this has happened in my family and it was like a personal matter. And I was like, and you said to me that you can either deal with it now and fail or you can deal with it sensibly um, on a later date which really jolted me. I think the words like deal with it now and fail. And then the other bit was sensibly. I think that really stood out to me. So um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but that's something which I think I mentioned in one of my podcasts as well, because you were quite focused at that time and kind of brought me back to, yes, you know, this, like these problems are not going to remain uh, late, like this, sorry, these problems are going to remain, but your exam isn't going to remain, you know, the date is going to pass and what are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? So kind of, I think I needed that jolt as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and I, I felt uh, also both in your life and in, in my difficult circumstances, uh, being an established, like getting the exams out of the way and actually becoming a professional and a, a, a qualified uh, general practitioner would give us actually stronger grounds to achieve whatever we wanted to. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, both, you know, it would give us that uh, professional respect and that financial uh, kind of stability. And with those are very important to achieve anything or, or, or you know, try to solve any problems in, in any aspect of life or in any professional situation. So that's that's why I felt that, you know, we, we wouldn't have stronger grounds if we didn't get the exam out of the way. And that was in both our seniors, that was our last step. Yeah, yeah, well, we absolutely. Do you remember that phone quarantine that you used to do with me? Oh, <laughs> I was not allowed to use my phone for like a particular period. And then you used to message me that my phone quarantine is over. All right. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. That that was, yeah, that was quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's amazing how we've had these funny stories <laughs> and the insomnia, stress, issues yeah. with parents. Nothing could deter us from our goal. And yes. I remember that you even helped out a doctor who um, had a stroke, apparently, at a very young age during that time period. And you yeah. were doing some fundraising. So that was, I found, really impressive. Yeah, I, I just felt that, uh, you know, it was... Uh, uh, I, I was in a difficult time, but uh, what this family was going through was immense. And it was like, you couldn't compare any exam stress yeah. with what they were going through. It was basically a family was shattered. And yeah. we felt that if we just could manage a bit of extra time to help this family, then it mm. could make a uh, you know, big difference. And uh, yeah. it, it eventually did. So uh, probably, probably that's why we got the blessings to pass the exams as well. Yeah, so I'm glad they're doing okay now. And um, on the day of the exam, I remember when we wished each other good luck and you said nothing can take this away from us, not even stress. And it made me laugh. I don't know whether you remember this or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, we, I think we, we discussed that, you know, just let's look back at all the hard work we've done. Yeah. And we don't want this to be kind of, uh, you know, spoiled or taken away from us just because of some external factor. So, you know, let's, let's uh, you know, get uh, all the good things uh, we prepared for into the exam itself and uh, not let this be, be an obstacle. Yeah. How did you feel on the day of the results? I felt like uh, it, it was amazing. <laughs> I think it was one of the happiest moments because that, that was the last, uh, you know, hurdle. And uh, I, I would be honest, the first thing, uh, one of the first things that came to my mind was, you know, how the family was supportive. And the second thing all, all definitely came was how, you know, this uh, uh, study uh, partner and Sami especially kind of uh, helped me mm. in this journey that that was very quickly on the same day I, I remember I think it was the second or third call I made uh, to uh, yeah. like you know how are you feeling <laughs> uh, it was kind of our journey together and uh, uh, the fact that I think uh, if I'm not mistaken our marks were quite identical so just yeah. showed that uh, you know our preparation was really on the right track and we yeah. really did the same level of work we got the same success and uh, we it was a quite an amazing experience yeah oh my god what a journey it's been and yeah. I think on the day of the results like uh, ironic it was ironic like you know typical of the result to get delayed it got delayed pro yes. by probably like 45 minutes or something and I, I remember I was that thinking oh my god why am mm. I going through this and but the feeling of joy and that feeling and that um adrenaline relief. rush that we had and relief you're right and we were so wired and could not get any sleep and like we're over the moon it was such so so amazing and 
Yeah. And I hope that our audience can implement the steps that we've spoken about today to achieve the results, uh, the same results for them with ease. So I really hope people can take something away from this um, episode that we've done from them and realize that, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely. Yeah, this this is something which I tend to tell most of, uh, you know, my my colleagues and some other trainees that, you know, just have have this belief in yourself and, uh, you know, just think that, you know, nothing is impossible. If if my uh, other colleague or friend can do it, why can't I? Yeah. Always ask, ask yourself this question and uh, just, you know, keep working hard uh, and with sincerity and uh, hard work always gets rewarded in most, most things in life. So, you know, that's, that's the, you know, philosophy I try to kind of, you know, uh, advise other people uh, on as, as well. Yeah, that's so incredible. And like they say, whenever a door closes, a window opens and we've got to remember that. So, Bahid, where can people find you on social media? Right. I'm not a big social media person, but uh, if uh, someone uh, does want to find me, they can find me on Twitter yes. at uh, Wahid8447567878. Thank you so much, Wahid, uh, for coming on today. It was such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And it was really uh, nice to be part of this uh, podcast as well. Uh, wishing everyone you know, a really uh, nice time forwards. That was so amazing. I really enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Wahid today. Okay, so here are the key takeaways. Number one, why is it important to have a study partner? Number two, how to choose a study partner and the mistakes to avoid? Number three, why is it important to set targets for your study sessions? Number four, why is it really important to give back to people, especially with the knowledge and the experiences that you gained, as it helps the collective overall and helps future cohorts of trainees as well? Number five, the driving force needs to be a mindset, especially in those moments when it is hard. So believe in yourself as what you give your attention to is what tends to materialize in your life. And number six, try to change that mental chatter when you're in a negative place to one that is empowering and motivating. And I'm here to tell you that the only limitations are those that we put on ourselves in effect. So the key is not dwelling in defeat for too long and to be forward looking. So much love to you. so much for listening to today's episode and thank you for inviting me into your life as you drive to work or run errands or even at your workout if you like the episode one of the best ways to show support is to subscribe to my podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast or share the episode on instagram or on any social media platform where you like to hang out i'm so grateful for your support can't wait to hear from you so much love to you 